Thanksgiving, everyone. We hope that you're having a wonderful weekend with your family, and we want you to know that we are very grateful to God for each and every one of you. We want to remind you today that we are also having in-person services here at EPC on Sunday mornings in our sanctuary at limited capacity. If you would like to attend, all you need to do is register. You can do that by going on our website, epcoakville.com, clicking the register button and following the links. Once you've registered, you will be able to attend and we look forward to seeing you here in person. Registration takes place every Monday morning at nine until Friday at noon. So make sure to check that out. As always, you can follow us on our various Facebook and Instagram pages for EPC or EPC Youth or our EPC Kids Ministry. And we'd love to know your prayer requests. So if you want to send that in to us, just email us, call us, and we'll be sure to add you to the list. So that's it for today. Again, have a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend and may God bless you.
saved me and rescued me just a moment there set me free that saved me Today's scripture reading is taken from Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in the knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. May God add his blessing to this reading of his holy word. Good morning, everyone, and happy Thanksgiving. Have you ever been in a situation where someone has been kind to one of your children or grandchildren or has given something as a gift to one of your children or grandchildren and they forget to say thank you. And so of course you swoop into the situation and you ask the child the question that we have all asked as parents and grandparents and we've all been asked at some point as children, what do you say? And in that moment, the child is prompted to say, thank you. Thank you. Often, our lack of expressing thanks is not tied to being ungrateful. 
it's tied to forgetting to express it because remembering inspires thankfulness. Today, we're going to be continuing in our sermon series that we've entitled the Re-Series, Moving Forward by Going Back. The prefix re literally translated means again or again and again. And so throughout this series, we'll be focusing on themes that we need to consider again and again as we move forward to be who God has created us to be. Today, we'll be focusing on the word remember, remember. And the word remember means to bring to one's mind an awareness of someone or something that has been seen, known, or experienced in the past. In our scripture today, Paul is writing a letter to the Philippian church from prison in Rome. The Philippian church has sent him a gift, and we presume that it's a substantial gift because they sent it with a messenger, Epaphroditus, to deliver it. Not only did Epaphroditus deliver the gift to Paul, but he also stayed around to serve Paul in any way that was needed. Paul is writing this letter for a number of reasons, but one reason, his main reason, was to thank the church for their kindness. Now, our scripture today is the opening of this letter. And as we closely examine Paul's words to his fellow believers in Philippi, we will see to move forward, we need to be thankful for those who share in our spiritual journey with us, remembering them in our thoughts, in our hearts, and in our prayers. First, in his thoughts. Paul began by expressing his thanks to God as he remembered them. He thought about them. Now, what is it that he was remembering? What was it? He said he was thankful for their partnership in the gospel. Now, I don't usually like to throw out Greek words, but this is a pretty significant word that you may be familiar with. The word partnership here is koinonia, and it's the same word that Jesus used when he called his disciples to come and follow him. It's also the same word that described the overwhelming support of one another in the early church in the book of Acts. It literally means to have in common. Now, it's not simply the sharing of likes or dislikes or similarities. It's a deep, unique relationship with one another that flows from a deep, unique relationship with Jesus. It was their relationship with Jesus that was the greatest thing that they had in common. It was what drew them to each other. And so Paul was in Rome, the church was in Philippi, but their connection defied distance because they shared a deep connection through Jesus. Paul was imprisoned. Death was very possible. Things were not looking good. It would be normal for him to feel sorry for himself, to make himself the priority, to think about his own situation and his own problems. But instead, he chose to focus on them. He's reflecting on what they have grown to become. And as he does, it brings him great joy. Paul demonstrated here 
that focusing on others means choosing to celebrate the good in others. The Philippian believers were not perfect. They didn't have it all together. They had issues. They had problems. But when Paul remembered them, he chose to, to not let their flaws dominate his focus on them. There were good things about them. And he chose to look for these things, to focus on the good things. Paul referred to what God had done in them as a good work. It started at their conversion, but God didn't just leave them there. He was working in their lives right up to this moment and would continue to work in their lives in the future. God was not finished with them yet. He hadn't brought them this far to only bring them this far. And so Paul chose to remember the good things about them and focus his thoughts on these things. Secondly, in his heart. Not only did Paul remember them in his thoughts, he remembered them in his heart. He loved them. He told them that they were in his heart. Paul wanted to make it clear that the love that he had for them was for all of them. Now, there are at least nine instances in this short letter alone when Paul uses the two words, you all, you all. Perhaps there were some people who doubted that Paul loved them. Perhaps there was a time that Paul needed to discipline some of them or hold some of them accountable for their behavior. But Paul wanted to stress that there was no favoritism here. God was his witness. God could testify to his heart. God knew his heart. He says he loved every one of them with the affection of Jesus. Now, it's interesting, this word affection, because literally translated, the word affection means bowels, bowels. And in Hebrew culture, the bowels were considered the place of tender affection and kindness, compassion, and mercy. In Greek culture, it was referred to as the heart. But in Hebrew culture, it was the bowels. And so Paul was saying that it was Jesus in him that enabled him to love them deeply, intensely, completely, inclusively. Paul chose to love all of them with the love of Jesus, not only recalling them to his mind, but holding them in his heart. Thirdly, in his prayers. Paul remembered them in his thoughts, he remembered them in his heart, and he also remembered them in his prayers. Paul knew that God's community thrived when members of the community were growing in spiritual maturity. And so Paul's primary prayer for the Philippians demonstrated a desire to see them continue to grow and mature. Paul prayed that their love for one another would grow. To love at a level beyond what they even imagined they could love each other. The Philippian believers had obviously already displayed a love for God and a love for others, but Paul recognized that there was potential for them to love more than they had experienced up to this point. And so he prayed for their love to increase 
to the point that it reached its maximum capacity and overflowed. That's the language he uses here. He prayed that they would have a deeper understanding of their faith. He prayed that they would increase in their character, that they would be people of honesty and integrity. He prayed that they would produce fruit in their lives. The image here is of an orchard whose trees are just weighted down with good fruit ready for harvest. Fruit was the evidence that the Holy Spirit was at work in their lives. Paul understood that within an authentic community of faith, members think of one another, members love one another, and members pray for one another. There are three important things that are reflected in our scripture today that we need to remember in order to be sincerely thankful for those whom God has given to us to share our spiritual journey with. The first is, we are a family. We are a family. Church communities are families, well, or at least they should be. There's a connection between believers in a church community that's difficult to explain. It's difficult to understand when the community is functioning as Jesus intended it to function. When a group of people come together because of their faith in Jesus and they unite in his cause and are empowered by his Holy Spirit, the community that is formed is a family, is a family. The community may have varying ages, cultures, genders, social economic status, backgrounds, education levels, and preferences. Yet when we come together, these things do not divide us. Our common faith in Jesus is greater than our differences, and he unites us together as one. It is true that when we are around other people for any length of time, we quickly see their flaws and their issues. You may have noticed that during the COVID quarantine season with your family members. The tendency is to focus in on the things that annoy us. And the result is we lose sight of the good qualities of others. We need to see the good in others. We need to make an effort to celebrate the good things in their lives. God is not finished with us yet. He saved us. He continues to work in us. And someday when we are with him, he will finish the work. But until that time, we are a work in progress. We have flaws. We're going to fail and we're going to experience setbacks. So we need to begin to see each other, not just as we are, but for who we will someday be. We need to see our church community as a family that is growing and maturing together. Secondly, we love each other. You see, true community flourishes because of love. Jesus said that people would know that we are his disciples, that we belong to him by our love for each other. And so when you are in authentic community, when you genuinely love others, then people know that you belong to Jesus. And in that community, when one suffers, we all suffer. Now, there may be some of you listening today who are suffering. 
you are discouraged. You're feeling hopeless. Maybe you're facing great odds. And sometimes instead of seeing ourselves as part of something bigger, we see ourselves as individuals alone in a crowd. We tend to carry things on our own, alone. But the truth is, we are here for each other. We are here for each other. We're not just individuals in a crowd. We're the body of Christ. And when one suffers, we all suffer. We can't take each other's place, but we can stand with one another together. We can encourage one another and we can love one another. It's easy to say the words, I love everybody. But the truth is, some people are difficult to love. Love, like Jesus calls us to, is not something that we can work up, put on, or pretend. It's something that God does in us and through us by his Holy Spirit. We can love everyone when we allow the love of Jesus to flow through us. We need to see our church community as a family, a family that loves each other, especially those who are difficult to love. Thirdly, we pray for each other. We are a family. We are a family that loves each other. We are a family that loves each other and prays for each other. Many in our church family are hurting right now. Some have lost their jobs. Some have seen their income dramatically reduced. Some are having a hard time adjusting to the changes that are happening. Some have family issues that have been heightened and elevated by the lockdown. Some are struggling with serious mental health issues. Some are lonely. And so we need to pray for them and be there for them. Some are sick. Some are grieving the loss of a loved one. Some have friends and family members who are literally dying. We need to pray for them. Some are feeling exhausted, worn out, worn down, hopeless. We need to pray for them. We need to pray for our church family that our love for each other and for our community around us would grow. We need to pray for each other because there may be things in our lives that are, that are concealed, that we struggle with, things that will eventually hurt us and others. We need to pray for a deeper understanding of our faith, praying that the Holy Spirit would open our minds, helping us understand the truth of God's word. We need to pray for the Holy Spirit to lead our lives, to give us insight and direction and the words to say. We need to pray that the Holy Spirit will open our minds, but not only open our minds, open our arms to a hurting, broken world and embrace people with the overwhelming love of Jesus. We need to pray for discernment so we can make the best choices possible. We need to see our church community as a family that prays for each other. Folks, the easiest thing to do right now is to offer criticism, judgment, expressing our own opinions. But may I suggest that what is needed most right now is to be a family that loves each other and supports each other with our prayers. Members of our church family, they don't need our criticism. They don't need our judgment or our opinions. They need the support of our prayers.
And so in conclusion today, we need to see our church community as a family that is growing and maturing together. We need to see our church community that is a family that loves each other, especially those who are difficult to love. And we need to see our church community as a family that prays for each other. Folks, to move forward, we need to be thankful for those who share in this spiritual journey with us, remembering them in our thoughts, in our hearts, and in our prayers.
Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that this service has been meaningful for you. If we can help you in any way, please reach out and let us know. Email us and call us. God bless you. Thank you for being here. And once again, happy Thanksgiving and have a wonderful week. Ah!